Welcome back to the second ever episode of the Coaching Tree Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. This week, the boys break down the Wooden Award winner, Obi Toppin. We talk about if a lights out NCAA tournament run can catapult your draft stock. And then we take a quick trip down to Stouja Lane and we pick our top five college basketball players from the year 2000 to 2020. And you cannot repeat a pick. So we each get five, we make a team, and then we also draft our coach. There are lots of picks up for debate. Hopefully you can weigh in. We're going to put a poll up on Twitter, so look out for that. And we're happy to have you. Thanks again for tuning in. Enjoy the cast. Welcome back to the second ever episode of the Coaching Tree Podcast, joined again by Coach Chris McHugh and Coach Joe Real, Coach Doherty moderating this this beautiful cast we are going to start today in what came out the news came out i think monday or tuesday the wooden award so top college basketball player Obi toppin ended up winning beat out luca garza and i know chris said he didn't really have a chance to watch a lot of Obi toppin probably or garza because you're a college basketball coach and it's harder for you to watch division one stuff Joe and I probably watch a little more. Joe, did you watch any of Obi Toppin, or were you not really plugged into the A-10 at all? I watched him twice towards the end of the year while our season was kind of winding down. Um, super athlete. I mean, he was just – he would fly up and down the court. Um, can do pretty – you know, he shoots it at a pretty high rate too. Um, you know, I think the big thing – I'm actually surprised – you know, this came up, Connor, because you're an A-10 guy. I am. I am. I am. Aren't you pretty pumped up? You got a, you know, award winner from the A-10? Yeah, you know, I was going back and looking. I mean, obviously, we remember Jameer Nelson, who is yeah. probably a hands-down unanimous winner that year. And I think it was 04 when they didn't lose a game up until Oklahoma State in the Elite Eight, I believe. <laughs> right. yep. That is correct. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, and you know, with his backcourt mate, Delonte West, who's been in the news for some not great things recently. But that team was was unbelievable. And then we had David West, I think the year the year before, maybe the year after, was Xavier, back when Xavier was in Xavier. the A-10, before yeah. the, uh, the Big East stole Xavier from us. <laughs> and he, I mean, he was right there. He didn't end up winning that year, but he was right there. And now, you know, we have um, – we have Obi, who, in my opinion, I didn't even think it was close. And I'm sure I watched a lot of Big Ten. Garza was unbelievable. I think he averaged 24 and 10 in what was definitely the best conference in Division One. There's, there's yeah. no question. I don't think top to bottom, it was an absolute gauntlet. So you could definitely make a case for him. And I thought he was fantastic. Obviously, he's a center. Um, pretty mobile guy as well but Obi if you watch I watched almost I watched a lot of his games and he is I mean he is all of six eight maybe six nine can shoot it can sprint up and down the floor catches everything dunks everything he's a great teammate smart Uh, and that team too I we talked a little bit about it last time but Dayton I just feel so bad for them because I really I watched them enough I felt like they could they could have honestly won it this year yeah you know yeah, so you, uh, so you kind of, you're a huge Toppin guy, huge. So you, you okay, <laughs> I would, I would be shocked if, if he didn't go number one overall in this draft. Wow, that is that's, that's bold, right shocked. Okay. That is bold. You know what? I'd be and shocked. so, I said I was going to, and, and Connor's right. During the year, I, I don't watch much D1 basketball where all, while our season is going because I feel like I'm watching college basketball all the time, every night, our games, our opponents. So I'm not as well versed. And I usually use March Madness to, you know, get, get caught up with the conference tournaments into March Madness, get caught up on the D one year and seeing the teams and seeing the players. So you, uh, because I think I have, and now this is, I don't have the degree of background that you've watched them, but I think I've got a little bit of a half baked take on uh, on Obi Toppin's pro potential. What do you got? But so you're you're number one going to be you know t- tell me your thoughts because I think I've got a little bit of a little bit of, of a spicy take for you. Um, you're you're thinking all you're thinking top pick all star is that is I, that where you're going? I really do because 
athletically, I mean, he's really unmatched in terms of who he's coming out with. And, you know, the guys that he would be guarding in the NBA, he just matches up so well. I mean, he's a he's an absolute tank. He's a specimen and he he can defend. He's a really good defender. Uh, But I think why I think why he'll be good at the next level is because he's not just I mean, you could look at his stats and he had a zillion alley-oop dunks and he, you know, he finishes everything at the rim, but he's able to create his own shot. And he, so this year, I don't have the numbers for what he shot from three. He didn't shoot a ton of threes, but when he did, they went in. Um, So he could step back and shoot it. And I just think in today's NBA, he's the perfect, I mean, he, he's a guy you want. He's a, he's a small forward, uh, probably play in in the three spot and guarding guys like Durant and, you know, guarding guys like yeah. Harden and Kawhi, like he can match up with those guys. Now he's not nearly as good right now, but he has yeah. he has the potential. And like I said, he, I've heard interviews, I've watched him. He's just a really good teammate. Seems to have his head on straight. Um, good competitor. So I, I love him. Yeah. Okay. Guys, real real quick, he was at thirty nine percent from three this year, sixty three percent from the uh, from the field. That's that's just ridiculous. Do you, you have know? what he shot from the line by any chance, Joe? Because that's important too. I do not, but I remember seeing it was pretty high. I do. 70.2. I just clicked on it. There you go. Good. So, so interesting. And now, so, yeah, go ahead. Uh, what do you got, Chris? Yeah. So, well, now I almost want to. Now we're, we're live and we've got our loyal listeners here and we're on the podcast <laughs> and I'm about to make a take that's just, you just totally made me feel, oh boy, maybe I should back up faster, uh, put, put, put the uh, the car in reverse here but i think for content wise and for for playing a little bit devil's advocate i think this could be a good conversation so here's here's and again i've literally watched nothing but the awesome highlights and maybe you know uh a little bit more than that of him i, I don't even think i saw a full game of him play but a couple things that i'm worried about for his transition to the pros are number one he's 22 years old so when you compare like Zion's domination last year versus what Obi Toppin was doing this year, Zion's doing that as an 18 year old kid straight out of high school. And Obi, from what I looked up, I think is at least 22 years old. So when you combine that with his physicality being an A10 is an unbelievable level of basketball, but it's probably not quite, you know, what you see in some of the higher, no, uh, not, not this football year. major conference, maybe not this year. Yeah. So, when you combine sort of his age, his sort of physical, uh, how far he is ahead physically of his competition. And, you know, when I've watched some of his highlights and stuff, I think he's a little bit upright, like a little bit track athlete, like can run fast in a straight line, jump really high. But is his lateral mobility, um, you know, is his kind of elusiveness and agility, um, you know, garden guys moving his feet, is that – um, is that gonna is that gonna translate as well to the higher level with all supreme athlete freaks in the NBA? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a half baked take. It's more of a you know. I think I'm just trying to play devil's advocate. It was a thought. You know, I know the the hype train on OB is uh, certainly certainly um, you know very high. Um, hearing that. Hearing that he sounds like a great teammate worries me because that's that's I mean that's a huge part of it right is that he that he's that he's um, gonna be a really good teammate really good player got a good head on his shoulders that scares my take uh, <laughs> but my 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 two cents is I'm a little bit concerned about him translating to the next level Joe do you have any thoughts on that I think you know I I don't know about his ceiling but I think he has a pretty high floor okay. um, just for the reasons Connor said is just a stupid stupid athlete and and again you know going back to your point that he plays a little upright um and i haven't nearly watched him as much as connor has but he uh he could jump out of the gym he could fly Mm -hmm. up and down the floor he could uh and he could shoot it you know he i've seen him score every single way you know he could score off the bounce he's a good passer um you know as far as being like a, a game changer on the next level i don't know could he do I think he could probably have like a eight to 10 year NBA career? Yeah. And have a really nice, uh, carve out a nice career, a nice life for himself. But, uh, no, no, Connor, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, well, 
I will say the, the one thing that does scare me a little bit is I, I have you just didn't see it as much because they had so many good guards. Mm-hmm. Like Crutcher was unbelievable. Uh, this kid Landers was a really nice player. They, they were a really good team. Uh, Mike Sell was really good as well. He didn't. He ha- doesn't have a tremendous handle, but I don't know. I don't know. Like I can't even compare because he, he wasn't asked to do all that sure. much. You know what I mean? A, a lot mm-hmm. of his points just came off of the way they play, which was <laughs> extremely fast. And he yeah. did yeah. beat everyone up and down the floor. But when they were in the half court, I mean, I saw it a bunch. He, you know, he was patient. Uh, he, he's a good passer. You know, he, he was able to read and set screens. Well, I, I do think the ball handling might be a little bit of an issue. I'd have to see that. But like, if you watch, just if you really pick any game uh, this year, I think a really good one to watch would be the Kansas game. You could probably find that. There you they went into, went into overtime, yeah. And, you know, he's matched up with other NBA talent in that mm-hmm. game. And he just – I mean, he was unstoppable. And you're right, the A-10, you know, this was a really, really good team. They were going to be a one seed. In mm-hmm. my opinion, nobody was going to touch them in the A-10 tournament. The only team that got close was St. Louis, and that was just because they were a little more physical uh, in the regular season. But they were going to win the A-10 tournament. So they were going to probably be a one seed. And – Here's my next point, which I'm really interested to hear this from you guys, because I've read from scouts that they say all the time teams, NBA teams do not value the NCAA tournament for draft stock. And I think that's crazy. And I have a couple examples as to why I think that's crazy. Like you can't play your, you know, you can't move up 10 spots in the draft board because you killed it in the last three or four games in the NCAA tournament if your team makes a run. Yeah. What do you think about that? Well, I, I guess I'll go first, Joe. Is yeah. um, I'm with you that if you're not watching how a player is going to handle himself under the brightest lights, under the biggest stage, I think that's um, I think that's a bad idea to ignore completely ignore the uh, you know the play of the of the NCAA tournament. I think it's um, you're seeing how. A young players as a you know in early in his development curve if you're going to be an NBA player but you're seeing how that um, that player is going to do against elite competition and with, with high pressure stakes so I definitely think it matters I think to your point I think where you have to be careful as an evaluator is not overreacting to a super hot run that doesn't yeah. match the tape that's been put on for you know a one to two to three year career um, yep. you know not not being prisoner of the moment when somebody catches lightning. Um, but we've seen guys catch lightning that, that, you know, the, the Steph Curry, you know, we're going to go through college players yeah. later, but these guys that have used this moment to catapult their career. So I, I think it's just like anything when you're evaluating, it's a holistic evaluation. So you want to, um, you want to put into context their performance throughout the year and not just overrate what goes on in the NCAA tournament, but at the same time, how can you not look at that as, um, you know, how's a player play with big stakes on the line? Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's interesting because you go back and I'm, I'm just trying to think back at uh, even the top picks of last year's draft and going back, even through the last decade, you look at the guys like Ben Simmons didn't even play in the NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. Markel Fultz didn't play in the NCAA tournament. Yeah. Um, I mean, Anthony Towns was ridiculous. Uh, gosh, Anthony Davis, John Wall, those guys. Oh, those are all Kentucky guys. But, yeah, you know, I can't really think of somebody that had a great NCAA tournament. You know, it, it's true what the scouts say. They don't – they're not overvaluing it. But, uh, you know, I think Chris hit it on the head. It's, it's one and done. You know, you're playing with uh, – the lights are on. The lights are the brightest in March. And how do you evaluate a guy, um, you know, in, in November and January and not, you know, look a little closer, I guess, at his game and, and now how he reacts to things and, and what he does when the lights are on, uh, on the brightest. So, so I, I think, I don't think it could get you drafted necessarily like second round. If you're, if you're on that, that cut line, I think if you have, you know, two good games in the tournament, it might not make a difference. But I do think if you're already mentioned and you're in, you know, you're, you're going to be a pick, I do think it can catapult you up. Mm-hmm. And I think Chris brought it up. The number one example is obviously Steph. And I don't care right. what anybody says. Nobody, no one was watching that kid, period, before Davidson made that run. And he was unbelievable. And, he, you know, I think the Knicks probably 
that's probably their biggest regret ever, right? Sure. Just letting him letting him slip and and uh, another one just a kind of a, a homer take, but when Andrew Nicholson from Bonaventure got he was going to be drafted probably late second round and he they won the A10 tournament. He had almost averaged a triple double and then he you know he he almost had a triple double against Florida State and he was the 18th overall pick that year and I I firmly believe you can if you if you do well and you're already in that consideration I do think you can catapult yourself up 10 15 spots if and Kemba's another one mm-hmm. like yeah you remember his run was oh, it was unbelievable. unbelievable yeah you know so there are some guys and I think we were all researching um because we have this this cool thing we're going to do coming up where we we do a snake draft and and pick our our top five college players are our top, you know, our top team basically from the year 2000 to 2020, uh, which we can, we can do now and we can save the, you want to, you want to just jump into that now? Whatever you I'm guys down, want. Yeah. Ready. Ready. Yeah, let's do it. it. Cause I, I think we're on the topic. It's fresh in everybody's mind. Yeah. So let's, let's do it now. And what, what we'll do, I'll, I'll go, I'll go last. Uh, we'll do, we'll go, Youngest, so Joe, you you can go first. We'll put we'll put Chris at two. I'll go three, and then we'll just um, we'll just go right back to Joe because there's so many players. I think we said about 2000 to 2020. So you think about all the players that have you know gone on to for, with great NBA careers, but we're looking at during their college run. You know, not not a Russell Westbrook who had a nice college career or a James Harden. Maybe you could pick those guys, but. You're, you're taking the NBA success out of it. Mm-hmm. So we're picking our top five best college players, and we're going to make our best team. Right. Um, so we're going to so start level, the level and, of play in college, but you can kind of decide for yourself whether, you know, you value the one year of high-level Zion, for instance, versus, yeah. you know, do you feel like he was a better player than Tyler Hansborough was, but Tyler Hansborough went four years of playing. I guess that's what can make all the teams different, but kind of explaining how you value that, um, you know, level versus sort of career impact. Um, yep. So, cool. So what, what, what we'll do, I'll take them off the board as they go, and you can't repeat, obviously. So yeah. you, it's a draft, so you can't repeat anything. And this, so Joe, you're you're gonna go first. All right, th- this is uh, this is an easy pick for me. All right, and a little backstory. Two thousand, I want to say it was about two thousand eight, two thousand nine. I was home, um, home from college, Thanksgiving. Went to the preseason NIT and MSG, Purdue versus Oklahoma. I saw the most dominant college basketball performance I think I've ever seen um, in my life. Blake Griffin. Sophomore from Oklahoma. He's my power forward. All right. He, uh, wow. That game against Purdue, Purdue was, uh, was on the cusp of being ranked at that point. Um, but Blake had 18 points and 21 rebounds. And I just remember watching him and just thinking, like, that's, that's what a man among boys looks like out there. He was bigger, stronger, faster than everybody on the court. Wasn't even close. Um, one player of the year that year and went number one in the draft, uh, you know, that subsequent uh, NBA draft. So Blake Griffin, team real. I like, uh, I like my start. Wow. I did Great too. pick. I, I, yep. Yeah. I think yeah. Uh, uh, echoing what Joe said about just the wow factor of seeing him versus college athletes is, was pretty wild. Um, you know, so I, I, I'm, you know, I want this to be, uh, you know, for me, for my team, I want to have a little bit of, uh, and like Joe said, it was a memory of seeing Blake play that that led him yeah. to this pick. I want there to be a memorable factor um, to to my team, and you know, going back to close to the turn of the millennium, uh, a point guard that I remember just being old enough. I think we were in high school, getting towards college. Oh, no. of flying, is, and his name is. is Jason Williams from Duke. You're, yeah, that was my and that was you, my next pick. And yeah. when you watched him play college, you just it was mine. unbelievable how he reminded you of a more explosive Chauncey Billups, but like already fully developed. I want to say, and listen, I'm not a huge Duke supporter or fan, but I want to say that his teams finished first in the AP poll 
all three of his regular seasons. They were always first at the end of the season, and they definitely won yeah. at least one national title. Maybe it's, I, I think one for sure. Yeah. Um, Jason Williams uh, is going to be my point guard at the college time at that at that time during his career. So obviously his pro career, you know, derailed because of the unfortunate accident. I do think he would have been a great pro and figured it out. He didn't have a great start, but then he got hurt and, you know, it was kind of a shame, but his actual uh, level of play at Duke, um, he was an NBA, let me you know, him playing as a junior at Duke. He was like a fringe all-star NBA point guard. It felt like, and just commanded the game, strong, explosive, could pull up from three anywhere, could get to any spot on the floor, ran the show. Mm-hmm. Jason Williams is my point guard. That I should have put myself second because that was like <laughs> that was my number. I'm coming for and you I, all day, I, Doherty. If you're gonna you didn't do the I, snake draft. We gotta stay. Wow. <laughs> I have said this and I'll I'll continue to say it. it. As far as players that I've seen live or just on TV, he's the best college player I've ever seen. I I don't think it it, it really is comparable, especially at that position. Yes. He was he was as athletic and explosive as Derrick Rose, but a much headier basketball yeah. player. Yeah, had the command. Unbelievable yep. passer, total command, total uh, a total leader, and he could shoot it. He he was he was unstoppable. And like you said, he was he was older. He was a junior, and yep. we we wouldn't see that now. Oh no, but yeah. I think that what was that like two thousand one maybe? 2000, yeah, early O's. Yeah. Um, oh, brutal. Okay, well. How about that? That was going to be – I'm crossing them off. How about that Duke team, by the way? I yeah. think like Mike Dunleavy, yep. Carlos Boozer. Yep. You could probably take that team. Battier. And they'd be competitive with any one of the teams we pick right now from, you know, 2000 to 2019. That that team was just a well-oiled machine, just so much talent on one floor. It was incredible. Yep. All right, so I'm going to – this one will probably surprise you guys, but – I absolutely love this kid, and I remember watching him. Again, it is totally – it's hooked on to a memory. And, and for me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go shooting guard here, and I'm going to go a little bit smaller. It worries me a touch defensively, but I'm going to pick Juan Dixon. Nice wow. one. And here's the reason why. I do – I remember watching because back then Maryland was in the ACC and they had all those great battles with Duke and – uh, he, you know, he's, he's, I think he was six, two, maybe, maybe six, three smaller guy, but he shot 40%, just under 40% from three. Uh, he, I think he averaged 22 a game, his last two years, ultimate competitor, ultimate winner. And he, you know, he put up with Gary Williams, which from everything I've heard was the, <laughs> just about the hardest and most intense coach of all time. Um, and, and they won a title that year. They, they did. I think they beat Indiana. Um, I think in 2000 or 2001, one of the two, it might've been 2000. So I'm going to take, uh, I'm going to take Juan Dixon. Excellent choice. Yeah. Good, good pick. Good pick. All right. And so we're going to go, we'll just go right back. You sure you don't want to. Okay. Well, your call. It's your world. Up to you. Yeah. We're going to go back to Joe. Okay. I appreciate it. Joe, this is, this Um, is a built in handicap here, pal. So I better be seeing a five man team that's ready to roll here. Yeah. (laughs) I know this is, uh, I, I'm just worried about the chemistry. You're off to a good start with Blake, though. There's some thunder dunks from him coming. I'm worried about the chemistry, though, I got to say. So I'm I'm stuck between two guys, um, but I'm going to go – I'm going to go with J.J. Redick. Nice. Okay. J.J. Redick of Duke um, shot over 40% from three, two-time ACC Player of the Year, 2006 Player of the Year. Um, again, most hated player in America, most hated, not, not just college basketball player, probably the most hated player in America of any of the, uh, the four major sports at that time was on the cover of every magazine. Um, and, uh, the kid just shot the lights out, you know, 30 point game after 30 point game, um, somebody who's going to be able to space the floor for me, take some pressure off of, uh, Blake down low. And uh, man, what a career he had, you know. So he's uh, Any, he's my two guard there. And also, he parlayed that into what still is a great NBA career. I never great thought career. he would be as effective, but fantastic. He's still and an excellent there. podcast host. Point. While we're at it, so excellent podcast host. Yeah. What's What's crazy too is he. Sh- I didn't know he shot forty percent because he. I mean, he shot a zillion threes. Mm-hmm. Yes. So to, sh- to shoot forty percent. 
I'd be interested. That was his senior year, right? Did he stay all four years? I believe 40% is his uh, career average. That's unbelievable. It's wild. Yeah. So, uh, wow. 36 double figure scoring games in 2010. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. 2006. 36 double figure games had to have been, had to played about 40, right? Maybe a little bit more. That's, that's yeah. a ton. I mean, he's, no matter what you did against him, he always seemed to get a shot off. He just had that real quick release. And, uh, he, he really was unbelievable, I thought. Absolutely. So, all right. So we got Blake and JJ. That's pretty good. One that is a good one, two punch. Whew. Going back what, to cubes is, now. This is hard. This is, um, this is a tough, this is a tough one. Um, uh, but we're live and we got to roll. So we've talked about him already. I just can't pass Steph Curry here. Uh, five picks in. Um, the guy was absolutely electric to watch. And, um, you know, I think that, am I worried a little bit about my team's defense? Uh, yes, I am. But, we are going to absolutely light the scoreboard on fire with Jason Williams and Steph Curry in our backcourt. And don't forget, <laughs> Steph evolved in his junior year to really handling the ball and playing, you know, primary point for Davidson that last year. But he played off the ball, uh, yeah. you know, during his first two years. Uh, and is obviously, and we've seen this grow through his career with the Warriors, but very comfortable guy playing with or without the ball. So I do think that those two together would figure it out. Um uh, you know, the Steph run is one of the most magical runs in college basketball history. They were one shot away from going to the Final Four, beating Kansas from the Southern Conference. And for a player um, to be so influential in that run um, and then to just, you know, validate it and translate it to the next level. Steph Curry is going to be uh, my other my other combo guard. We'll have dueling point guards. Both guys can handle it. Um, so Jason Williams, Steph Curry. I like it. Can't go wrong there. That's a no. That's a good one-two punch. And so I'm gonna go. You might be surprised by this pick, but it's it's again a little little nostalgic. And I just remember watching him and being in complete and total amazement every time he played, just because of how physically dominating he was. So I'm gonna pick Ameka Okafor. Good one. Good one. And you know, and when I was looking back at his stats, um, I didn't even realize how how great of a score he was. So he was 20 and 10 uh, his last year. I think he averaged about two, two and a half blocks a game. Um, just an absolute beast. They ended up winning the title that year in 04. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. He had a pretty good running mate in Ben Gordon, Gordon as well, yep. who was unbelievable. And I think Emeka got, I think he got drafted like six or seventh. I think he stuck around for a bit in the NBA. Did not have a great Solid career. career. More journeyman than you'd hope from a, from a top five pick, but right, solid. Yeah. But, um, so, but in terms of, you know, having a, a five man who can block, run the floor, uh, shoot it relatively well, but just a, you know, you're not going down to the into the paint against this guy. He was an absolute specimen. And, the, you know, there's another guy that was really close. Well, I'm, I was close to picking. Somebody might end up picking him. I'm not going to bring him up just in case. Uh, but I think in terms of a center, that's the type of guy that I want. And, and we are going a little bit more defensive. I might love it too. I'm well, you better get your D well. ready because we're gunning. So, uh, <laughs> and I, just to add on a Mecca, because I was just looking it up as you're giving that great synopsis of him all three years of his career, he averaged more than four blocks per game in the big East <laughs> yeah. of the early O's that was loaded. You know? Right. And he was just a right. true rim protector. Yeah. And yeah, and that, and like you said, that was we all know it. The the Big East in the early two thousands was it was the, the best. best. It was special. Yeah. The best. And you know, not to get even more sidetracked, but that's that's how we go sometimes. I believe his draft was the the decision between him and Dwight Howard coming straight out of high school, right? And that was such an interesting, yep. like inflection point for we've talked about drafts and how we evaluate and what translates and like. You've got Emeka Okafor who can put that resume down as a champion, as a three-year player, you know, the stats that we've talked about, versus some kid out of high school, right? And then, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. uh, just fascinating how that's changed how, um, 
you know, you have to evaluate because it's just hard to put into context, right? You know, Emeka was older, Dwight Howard was 18, you know, you know, at that time scouting high school players, it's been crazy how it's evolved. And, you know, and then you look at somebody like Luca recently coming in, playing against grown men professionals since he was like 12 and the, you know, the, yeah. the production that he has in a real professional league. And how do you translate that to who's going to be good in the NBA? All fascinating. Yeah. And after, after the 03 draft with LeBron coming out, obviously number one, 04 and 05, and maybe even 2006 were littered with high school yep. kids. Like if you go back and look at the top tens, I mean, just it was five or six, you know, out of the 10 spots. And like Chris said, most of these guys were three, four year players in college. Yep. So um, I think that all stopped 2007, right? 2008. Yep. Yeah. I think, well, I think you saw a lot of guys. Everyone was trying to catch lightning in a bottle from from LeBron, um, the LeBron and and yeah. that era and uh, there were just so many guys just flaming out so early and it was kind of yep. kind of a shame to see I agree all right so Joe we're going back to you my friend uh, I'm I'm torn between two guys here um, and we have, we've actually mentioned both of them already I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with Kemba Walker nice Another like UConn it. legend. Um, and we mentioned this before, March of 2011. And because we're talking about memories too, you know, ever since uh, ever since I got home from college, I've been going to the Big East tournament. I got the all-session passes. And I believe this was the first year I was doing it. Um, March 2011, he willed UConn to win the Big East tournament, set a record 130 points in one conference tournament. It's not only a big East record, it's an NCAA record for a conference tournament. So he, he just completely took over. Now, after that, um, I, it happened to Syracuse uh, a few years before Kemba went through, but usually the team that won the big East tournament, because the big East was such a gauntlet, that team always kind of flamed out early in, uh, in the NCAA tournament, just because their legs were shot, um, just going through the grind of it. And, not, but you know, Kemba Walker, he he just continued his ridiculous run, won the uh, NCAA tournament, you know, with UConn, obviously MVP of the tournament. He had the best month of any college basketball player in the history of college basketball. So I feel comfortable with uh, with Kemba as my point guard, bringing the ball up, doing a little scoring for me as well. And Joe. I don't. I'm sure you remember this. They were not going to the tournament. Exactly. If they didn't win it. Yes. That's they were, incredible. They were not a good <laughs> yeah. team. They were. They had to win the Big East tournament to get in to the tournament. They, they were yeah. not going. So, and and that's kind of rare. But it was. It was already packed. I think they were. Do you remember what seed they were? Real, you're the Big East aficionado. I want to say they were a five seed. I might be wrong. Um, but okay. you know, it's funny. You say that because Kevin Ollie just parlayed that one month yeah. into a huge contract, and you know obviously he got he's had a pretty much a rough go of it since. Um, got fired a couple of years later, but it's incredible what one month can do to a player, to a coach. And you mentioned it before, um, you know how this this one month kind of catapulted Kemba into a great NBA career and high draft pick. Yeah. Hundred percent, and he's been pretty pretty darn good too in the yeah. NBA. So I think that's a that's beautiful a nice cardiac Kemba. Like that. <laughs> that's right. Uh, all right, all right Cubes. a little bit torn here. I think I'm kind of I'm already. I guess this is what I do. I've already gone back on what I've said, but I don't have a great memory of this. Now I remember watching him play very much. I'll, I'll get into my point. I don't think he's uh, as memorable a story of a college career because it was very short as some of these guys that we've picked out that have long careers. But uh, And I'm just desperate for this player because of the team that I'm building. But I'm going to take Anthony Davis to be my five man. Yeah, and the reason that I'm going to do that is because of all the players that I can recall watching in college from – you know, 2000 on the, the activity that we're doing, there is nobody. He's my number one pick for, I am most certain that he is going to be a star in the NBA, you know, and I don't mm -hmm. know, I don't want to spoil some of the names, but that might get picked here later on. But when you watched Anthony Davis, it was just such a lock to me 
that he was going to be so insanely good at the next level. That Kentucky team was 38 and two. And that was the year that him and uh, kid Gilchrist, you know, I think they were the first and second pick, but I'm looking up his stats right now, 4.7 blocks per game as an 18 year old. Right. Uh, with a kid that was a guard in high school who shot up eight inches. So you saw the, the fuzzy outline of what he could be in terms of his touch and his skill set and his feet, kind of reminding of a kind of a new age Hakeem Olajuwon, right? With the footwork, with the touch, with the, you know, he's got every move in the book um, starting to show that. And then just an absolute impact defender, even as an 18 year old in college. And uh, we're a little desperate defensively. So I'm going to go with Anthony Davis here to anchor my team running the floor. He can play fast. He can, he can protect the rim. He's the guy. Good pick. Love it. Love it. And uh, and another impressive thing about just that team was obviously Kentucky does it every year, but how young they were all mm-hmm. learning on the fly as 18 yep. year olds yep. and just dominating, yep. just yeah. dominating. I don't know who they yep. lost to that year, but I mean, yes. they beat everybody. So good pick. All right. I'm going to go, I'm going to pick my, uh, my point guard now. And I, I absolutely love this kid and we'll see. This is a, this is a recent one here. And he, his NBA career, he's, he's doing okay. He's hanging in there and he's giving minutes. But I, I'm picking Jalen oh, Brown. Nice. That was my next pick. Yeah. Nice, good one. He, yeah, he's just he's the ultimate mm-hmm. ultimate college point guard. I think you know, just a a machine. Did everything right. Smart, aggressive, unbelievable defender. Uh, could actually score in the post extremely well for how you know. I think he's six one, maybe six two. But a great scorer in the paint, finished everything in the paint, could shoot it, unbelievable free throw shooter, and just a winner, just an absolute winner. Was obsessed with winning that Villanova team, which in my opinion will go down as the, the best college team that I've seen. Uh, I mean, that tournament, no, yes. nobody was even close. I guys remember that. It, it was I love that take <laughs> of that is the best college basketball team I've ever seen. That Villanova team. They, they were <laughs> it was <laughs> and you know what because they were the team that i've most seen absolutely dominate the modern way of like the nba way of playing they yeah. did they only shot great threes with great sh- shooters or shot layups and they never yep. gave you an inch anywhere defensively i mean they were incredible they no that's yeah right that was and you, we could go through the the parts and, and obviously they had you know the, yep. the josh hart the year before, but they had yeah. Arch Diacono, who was unbelievable. And, and uh, yeah. those, those type of guys who can, you know, just they, – they don't, they don't mess mm-hmm. up. They don't beat themselves ever. And when, they're that, when you're that good defensively and you're just – you know, they, you're out pressuring. The closest game they had in that tournament was West Virginia and yes. beat them by 12. Yeah, ridiculous. It was a clinic. They, it was a clinic. They out pressured West Virginia. West Virginia yep. got tired. And all that team did was win, and you know they won two years prior, yeah. too. And uh, I think he was maybe a bench player. I don't. Yeah, think he, he, he came game. off the bench early on in the year and and started by the end of the year. Yeah, yeah, and and I just remember watching, you know, his when he was younger. He, all he wanted to do was play in the NBA, and I remember watching a, a clip of his dad saying, like, "If that's what you want to do, we'll do it, but you're not going to enjoy the process." Yeah. Type of deal. <laughs> not really. Remember that? that sounds great. And his, yeah, his dad was just like brutal on him, and he he was the perfect, a perfect player in my opinion. And and they they won the title, so I'm going for winners here, and guys that have a little bit more experience that can do it both ways. So I I got Brunson as my point guard there. Yep. So we're going back to Joe here. Joe, this is your fourth. This is my fourth, fourth pick. pick. So if if we're going somewhat traditional, you know, we're looking at. Blake Griffin, almost like a power forward center type player. J.J. Redick is our shooter. Kemba's a little bit more ball dominant. Um, but we want to spread the floor a little bit more for Kemba Walker. We want to spread the floor, you know, uh, for Blake Griffin down to the post. We're going Dougie McBuckets. Hey. Wow. University. <laughs> um, just a prolific scorer, prolific shooter. Having a really good NBA career, too. A lot better than I think most people anticipated. Um, one of the only guys in history to be on the All-America team, uh, All-American first team three years in a row. 
3,000 points, 1,000 <laughs> rebounds in his career. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? It's a lot of points. That's, it's outrageous. stupid. And uh, the thing is, he, he didn't just do it against Missouri Valley, you know, because he was in that uh, that weird time, you know, when conference realignment was shaking up all college basketball. So he played a couple of years in the uh, Missouri Valley where he just completely dominated. And then actually upped his game, you know, as he got older, he's an upperclassman and, you know, averaged 27 points his senior year in the Big East, in a pretty good Big East, uh, too. So, Dougie, uh, Doug McDermott, coach's son, smart player. Uh, he's he's rounding out Team Real. we got one more, uh, one more choice to fill this uh, impressive group here. Dougie McBuckets. I like it, Joe. I, I did. I, I'll be honest. I did not. I didn't have him on my radar. Yeah. Memorable like college career for sure. For what you yeah. need. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and a, like you said, having a good NBA career, which mm-hmm. I did not see happen at all. I'll be honest. Okay. All right, Chris. Well, um, you know what? I think we're just going to just put a bunch of shooters around Anthony Davis. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I'm going to go with a guy who uh, flashed on the scene. Uh, um, in particular, his senior year. I mean, you think he was a really good player. Through he played all four years, and he's having a really good NBA career, actually. Um, but uh, the guy I'm gonna go with on the wing uh, is Buddy Heald. Good um, okay. Buddy Heald was electric his senior year. His yeah. scoring numbers: he averaged 25 points per game in college, 50% from the field, 46 from three, 88 from the line. It just felt like he didn't miss his whole senior year uh, and just carried that <laughs> yeah. Oklahoma team. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there was a, you know, I guess some of the guys who have just had those memorable shooting scoring sprees in March and carrying teams that, that stick out in your mind a little bit. I felt like, uh, you know, he fits that mold of what we got in the backcourt. We're, we're a little bit small, but my God, can we shoot it with Jason Williams, Steph Curry and Buddy Heal? <laughs> we are, and Anthony Davis, who averaged 4.7 blocks as an 18-year-old, is going to have the opportunity to block 50 shots because they're going to be driving on us and, and we're going to have mismatches all over the floor, but we're going to light it up. There you go. So speaking of, of guys that might have bumped themselves up a few positions on the draft board, did they make yes, a final they got four smoked that year? by that great Villanova okay. team. I was there for the game. Villanova team, yeah. Yep. And, I mean, he, like you said, he uh, he had an unbelievable senior year, but also yep. a really good tournament run. And, and they didn't have a ton of pieces around no. him that were great. Yep. I do remember that. And he just, you know, if you could if you could take care of him, you'd feel like you had a pretty good chance, but nobody could yep. really stop him, period. And uh, I, don't, I think he was looking for his contract out there in, uh, in Sacramento. Yeah, I mean, he averaged – uh, Well, I don't have his this year stats, but he averaged 20 last year in the NBA. I mean, he's been sneaky. He can yeah. fill it up. Yeah, he, could, he could play. Mm-hmm. He could play. All right. So, I thought this guy might have went earlier, so I'm psyched. I'm going to get him. And this is – he was co-national player of the year with J.J. Redick. And I'm going – Morrison. With yeah. Wow. Adam Morrison. There you go. Yep. <laughs> of, yep. Of the Zags. And here's why. So, I need – I need a, a guy who could just flat out score it. And yes, we know he he had a god awful NBA career. A lot of my guys did, but I'm I'm put I'm Good. not I'm yep. not looking at yep. I'm looking at yep. just just that, that was technically in the rule book. And so he, you're you're clear there. Yeah. Clear. That was in the rule book. Yeah. But everybody thought he was the next Larry Bird. Michael Jordan everybody thought that. I mean there there wasn't a, Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly, man. And you know, he was six there he is six ten. Uh, could shoot the lights out, smart, great passer, could play in the post, could could absolutely drip threes. The guy was is just an unbelievable scorer, and he knew how to play. I'll never forget that uh, that great tournament game when they lost, and he was just my one memory of him is just kind of that weird mustache and that that wild hair, and he's just crying his eyes out. And he, I think he was, a, I think he yeah, played four years. He was. he was a senior, and it just and and him and Reddick both both guys that stuck it out four years when people were leaving earlier um just again another another guy with a lot of experience not a tremendous defender but i need somebody that can put the ball in the basket and he could absolutely do that at a high clip so morrison is my 
going to be kind of like a stretch. So real up. quick, you know, it's, it's so interesting because you go back and you think about uh, everything that we've been talking about, how March Madness, you know, proceeds the NBA draft and, and how it affects everything. Adam Morrison, I believe he was the third pick in the draft, right? Sounds right. And um, I think so. You know, I have that same memory of him. It was against UCLA. The big guy, Batista. Yeah. It, they were up like five or six with a minute left. And they just had a couple real bad turnovers um, in the last like 20 seconds. And the, the big kid, Batista, throws it right to Russell Westbrook, I believe it was. Goes in, lays it up. And all of a sudden, Adam Morrison's nowhere to be found. He's kind of standing on the wing while uh, his little point guard's dribbling down the court. And he's just crying. His tears are just streaming from his face. But he just yeah. And Gonzaga yeah. was just unbelievable that year. They're playing at a you know West Coast it conference. Was so, good. Um, so that was like kind of the knock on them. You know, can they deal with uh, with some of these high major teams? But when the lights were brightest, you know, in the in crunch time, you got Adam Morrison, player of the year, who's crying with a chance to win the game and the ball, you know? <laughs> it's just <laughs> like what you you just think about it and and how did that uh i don't know it, i'm just spitballing here but is this a situation where he just couldn't take the that, pressure he couldn't take uh the psychology of that might might kind of weigh in a little bit on how how did exactly. that go exactly. a little yeah. nugget there yeah. you put it way better than i did a little nugget and you know what? That's always that's always the knock every year for Gonzaga. It and not to get into it because we we could go all day. But I thought they they were going to win it all this year. Yeah. I absolutely love their team this year. Um, mm-hmm. But I've had years like that in the past where I felt like they were the best team in the country because they're always, you know, now Fuse got them in yeah. the top five every year, and they're just loaded with talent. And they just, you know, they're kind of a little bit like. I feel like them and Creighton are, are somewhat similar. They, they just, they're so creative offensively and they have so many weapons every year, it seems like. Um, but that was kind of, that was like the one Gonzaga team that you really felt like, okay, this team's for real. And uh, they, they obviously lost to UCLA, like you said. And that yeah. UCLA team is pretty real good. good. Um, uh, so we're going back up to Joe. Joe, Go for the listeners, I think you should just that. once again recap your four so that we, we, we know uh, good idea. what you have. Yep. So, uh, First pick, first overall pick of the draft was Blake Griffin. Uh, then we got Kemba Walker, J.J. Redick, Dougie McBuckets, Doug McDermott from Creighton. And then this last one, man, I am so torn. I'm torn between two guys. I'm torn between two Duke Blue Devils. Oh, jeez. Um, oh, boy. I think I know where you're going. I think this. I'm going I know one of J.J. Redick's teammate. Sheldon Williams. Yep. Of Duke. Sheldon yeah. Williams. Yep. Yep. I did Sheldon. not see that coming. Doherty's on it. Uh, the the, land, <laughs> the landlord. That's who I, I knew it. Listen, man. Great, great career. Um, you know, if you notice, I have no. Was Zion on your other team. one, by the way? Zion was my other one. Um, tough pick there, Joe. Real tough. <laughs> just pick. Decent. I'm just decent. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I I like the uh, I like the experience on my side, and you got a national champion there. JJ Redick, uh, Sheldon Williams, teammates played all four years together. Um, kid was unbelievable, unbelievable defensive player, all time leader in block shots at Duke, um, fifteen hundred points, thousand rebounds, defensive player of the year two years in a row, um, and it's gonna it's gonna make up for having JJ Redick and. And Doug McDermott and Kemba Walker out there at the same time. So it's true. I like my front line, man. Sheldon Williams, Blake Griffin. No, you guys aren't kidding. No offensive rebounds for our opponents, man. We are. Uh, it's okay because we don't. Chairman miss, of the board. So that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Sheldon, I I thought when I was when I went with a Mecca, I was yep. like, well, Sheldon, he was similar. Yeah, they were very very similar players. Yep. No, nope. definitely, was a guy, and I, I appreciate for, for this particular exercise. The guy was a stud in college. His NBA career did not pan out to what you, he, you know, wasn't, you know, he wasn't a, uh, he was not an yeah, all-star. He, he, was not, he was not much on the next yeah. level, but he was dominant in college, no question. So, so he was that. the fifth pick 
of yep. the draft in uh, in 2006. Yep. Um, he's now coaching in the G League. How about that? How about yeah. that? Is he really? Is he married to? Uh, I did not know that. Is it wow. Mika Holdsclaw? Is it Candace Parker? No. Candace Parker. That's who it is. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. he is. It is. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Do they have Parker. any kids right. yet? Good for him. Well, yeah, yeah. You're going to draft that one in the Coaching Tree Podcast 2040. There, if they. That's have right. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, all right, Chris. All right. Joe's all five. right. So we got Joe's five. We got okay, Chris coming up so with his last pick. We'll see what he does. Jay Will, early Duke days, man amongst boys, commanding the point. Curry, Cinderella, uh, playing off him as a guy that can, you know, as a combo guard that can handle it, but also clearly play off the ball since he's the greatest shooter to ever live. Uh, that shouldn't be a problem. Buddy Heald next. Uh, we're a little undersized, but my God, are we pulling threes? Uh, electric senior year, shooting the ball. Um, and then Anthony Davis uh, manning the uh, manning the middle for us because, simply put, just have never been more sure about a guy that's going to translate to the next level that I can recall. Um, so I'm torn between two as well here, Joe. Uh, I'm looking for more of a uh, kind of cheating here, but a but a modern power forward. Um, I've got two guys in mind. I'm just going to go through each of them, and then I'm going to tell you why I'm going to pick probably the more controversial. I don't know if it's controversial, but so, you know, if my life was on the line to play a game here, I'd pick Kevin Durant um, Mm -hmm. because he's Kevin Durant. He's 6'11", and um, he's going to add, you know, with him and Davis in the front court, forget it. He, He makes us even more impossible to guard shooting the ball from the perimeter. And we really don't need to go on about Kevin Durant. But I thought that his career was less memorable. You know, an early exit from Texas um, Mm -hmm. than this man, who um, obviously is not nearly uh, the player at the next level that Kevin Durant became, although has had a very historic and possibly Hall of Fame career. But the man I'm going to pick to round up my lineup is Carmelo Anthony. Okay. Wow. And so let's go yeah. to the Wayback Machine to 2002, 2003. Mm-hmm. Carmelo is an 18-year-old kid. And now if you remember basketball at this time, we had just come off Jordan. And we were just in the midst of Kobe Bryant's peak. So, you know, at this time, watching guys that could play from 18 feet, that could face up and fade away and have all the toolkit of the mid-range scoring assassin of, the, of Jordan into Kobe – and then to see this 18-year-old kid who was bigger than both those dudes at six foot eight, but was just a freight train getting downhill, could spin off you, could shoot the fadeaway, could shoot the pull-up, just an absolute surgeon scoring the ball. And on that really fun and dynamic and incredibly long Syracuse team. So he's sitting back in zone, not guarding anybody, just being long with Hakeem Work back there blocking shots. Yeah, uh, but the run he had—he's averaged 22 yep. points a game as an 18-year-old, winning a national championship as the best player as a freshman. And I think, um, while I'd I'd prefer Durant for obvious reasons overall, I think that from the winning the title, um, how impressive he was, the time that he, you know, where basketball was when he was playing, and just watching this guy that's six foot eight and just can do all the mid-range scoring game that. Uh, was so in vogue at the time in the league and in college. Uh, I'm going to go with and a champion in college and a guy who has played yep. well, was obviously had a great college career, had a great Olympic career. So you feel like if he's in the right situation with the right type of guys, the right spacing, <laughs> I feel like we've created that. I think we can get some Olympic Carmelo, some freshman year Syracuse Carmelo to come out. So I'm going to go with Carmelo Anthony to round up my lineup. Nice. I like it. And, you know, there were two guys that played in that national championship game that I yeah. highly considered. I know who they are. One was, and that game's on, that game's on YouTube. And it was, it's probably one of my favorite I was finals. Actually there. Unbelievable game back when I was at the game. Roy, I was at the Superdome. You were there? I was in freaking like 500, 600 really? section. Needed binoculars to watch the game. Um, but it was electric, man. It was, it was wild. Wow. And that like defining play. At the end of the game, uh, Hakeem Warwick blocks that shot in the corner. Man, I'll never forget. It. it was it was unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. So the two guys, one I I loved McNamara. I yeah. thought he was 
just fantastic. I think he's 16 or 15 and made threes uh, all time. A really, mm-hmm. actually, a much better yeah, athlete than people ever gave him credit for it. He was Jacked. he was huge yeah. in winning that that title game because he was he was knocking down everything. He was a freshman as well with Carmelo. Ended up having a pretty good four year run. Um, but you know, playing the top of that zone, it's it's hard to to know if you could really match up and man. So I didn't go that yeah, yeah. The other guy was Kirk Heinrich, who I absolutely loved, and he mm-hmm. had a really Tough. really good yep. NBA career, like mm-hmm. way better than people would ever think uh, just played forever was a tremendous backup point guard for a lot of those years he could shoot it smart right about six four mm-hmm. his teammate there nick Collison, also had a long long run uh, that you know i yeah. think he played like yeah. 15 15 years 16 years and uh coached by roy williams right before he he went to unc so that yeah. was that was a brutal one for roy i think that was Right, he felt like that was probably his his chance. What a great Kansas team three. that was, man! So Wayne yes, Simeon, Nick Collins, very good. Yeah, man, that was that was a good yeah. group. Yeah, a great squad. So to to round out my team, I'll give. Uh, so this is the the last pick, and I'll give you my my team now. So I have Jalen Brunson at the point, Juan Dixon as my shooting guard, and Mecca. As my center, Morrison is kind of a stretch for, and this guy who I'm shocked is available. And while he didn't have, I mean, I think his college career was extremely memorable just because of all the hype. And he's, uh, we'll see what he turns into. I'm a firm believer he's going to be absolutely amazing. So I'm going to pick Zion. And I need, I need some dynamic uh, scoring ability. I need, again, guys running the floor. I need some athletes. Because when you have Adam Morrison on the floor, you need to make up for a few things. So Zion will be my uh, my fifth pick, and it kind of goes against, you know, he said he when he busted his shoe there, which was news for like two weeks, uh, sat out and and easily could have remained, you know, on the injured list there and, and not have played because he thought it might have hurt his draft stock. Came back, and that game against um, yeah. UCF, yes. I don't you guys watched that, I'm sure last year. Go that on was, against Taco. I mean, he was. Unbelievable in that game. <laughs> Just, I mean, he, he's – I don't know. I, I haven't seen anything like him at the college level. And I do think he's going to be a fantastic pro. Uh, it's too bad this season got kind of cut short because he was starting to get his legs and you were starting to see what he could do, which well, I, I no think question. would be a pretty good Pelican team, actually, uh, in the next couple of years. So Zion rounds out my, my five. What we'll do now – we have time for we're kind of rounding out the hour is we're each going to pick a coach that we want to to run our teams so we're each going to pick a coach now there's a lot to choose from what i will say it's we'll, we'll just put yeah. this in it's got to be an active coach to be coaching college got to be an active coach so we'll go i'm sorry does he does he still have to be coaching again, college Chris? Ooh. um we don't. We don't have no. No, I yep. guess we could say just just coaching, just coaching. So, Joe, what what do you got? Who so, you I was going to uh, propose to man the squad. Since you had third pick, do you want to start us off here? Yeah, well, I like that, Joe. You're a, you're a scholar oh, and a gentleman. That's it. I'm a team player here. I I would uh, I would love <laughs> nothing more than to start us off. And so, my pick is who, in my opinion. Well, there's two guys who I think are uh, a, a notch, a notch above the rest, and this is, it pains me that I'm I'm going this way because I probably like the other guy a little more, but I I think you have I have to go with Jay Wright. Um, reason being, he gets so much out of his guys on the defensive end, uh, and he you know his the way he teaches spacing and ball movement is probably better than than any coach that I that I know of. Um, he started to, I think he toyed with getting like the one and done type of guy. And he realized that really wasn't working for him. So he stuck with his blueprint. He had more two, three, even four year players that just totally buy in. He seems like he just gets it. Um, he's unbelievable with the media. He, he seems to be a great relationship guy and he's a, uh, you know, he's a two time national champ and he's got a lot, he's got a lot, a lot of, uh, a lot of mileage left. And I, I would be shocked if he doesn't head to the pros at some point, just because I think he'd like to try it. But for me, he's he's the best right now. Uh, I'm 
We'll see who you guys pick. There's one other guy that I, I would consider. But I'm going to pass on. Him. Joe, you want to go? You want to go next, Joe? I'm I'm still I'm still searching here. I want to hear your answer. But up to you. All right. Yeah. Um. Man, it, this is a tough one. I'm between two guys. Jay Wright was going to be my first pick. I think he's the obvious answer right now. He's he's at the top of the game, but uh, you know, someone who's close behind him. I don't think he gets enough credit. Well, you know, I know he doesn't get enough credit for what he does because of the way he recruits. Is uh, I'm going Coach Cal, John Cal Perry. Um, oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, you know, wow, he, did uh, not see that listen, coming. He takes these freshmen year after year, guys who are absolute studs in high school, guys who have all these people in their ears telling them how great they are, and uh, for you know, he builds a team. He's he's great at building a team. Um, He's great at player development. All these guys he's churned out, all these uh, high draft picks, Kid Gilchrist, Anthony Towns, Anthony Davis. Um, you know, and, and he he can make promises to these guys and and he could he could tell them about playing time, things like that. He, he delivers on his promises. He delivers uh, he delivers results year in and year out. And I think he's the only guy too to be able to take all these egos and all these uh, all these players and get them playing as one. I think he's also very, very underrated defensively. Um, I think the knock on coach K recently has been, you know, coach K has kind of gone his way, you know, getting these high, you know, these highly touted freshmen, Zion, RJ Barrett, these one and dones, and they've really suffered. I think personally, the last few years defensively, Kentucky never really drops off. Um, He gets them playing hard and, and you know, year after year, they're they're a force to be reckoned with, and it's fun to watch. So, Coach Cal leading uh, Coach Real to uh, the battle. Excellent choice. I like that one. I did Excellent not see that coming. Good choice. Well, yeah, I've had three names in my head. I've narrowed it down to two. <laughs> Talking it out, I think I have my choice. I really so as a runner-up, the bridesmaid here. Uh, my team with Jason Williams, Steph Curry, Buddy Heald, Carmelo, and Anthony Davis with Bruce Pearl coaching them Whoa. would be a very oh. fun team to watch. Uh, Good barbecue. Just the still. excitement of yeah, getting up and down, the energy. Um, but ultimately, I am going to because I think that uh, no matter who's coaching this team, we're going to score the ball. I need Huggy Bear. Bob wow. is my coach in sweats, <laughs> and he's getting in Curry and Buddy Heald, Jay Will, to get down, and Carmelo, most importantly, to get oh, down man. in the stance and hit somebody because we're going to score. But if we've got some Huggy Bear toughness, you know, I think that, um, you know, I think obviously West Virginia teams have had numerous talented players, but Huggins is known for, you know, just the blue-collar, tough, overachiever. And now he's going to take that spin, but now we got the Cadillac. So now we got the talent up and down the floor, and uh, Huggy Bear is going to take us to the promised land. Amazing. I did not see that coming at all. Huggy. Bruce. No, that was a shocker. <laughs> Wait, hold shocker on. Who we talked about? I was just going to pick. Who was third? <laughs> who, who came in third in this? Brad Stevens. Brad boring Stevens. pick. <laughs> Unbelievable coach. Uh, great guy. Boring. Yeah. I thought I thought yeah, that I would have bet money or, that you were going to uh, pick him. You know. One of the one of the legends, but it just felt it just you know I googled top twenty five coaches, and there he was in his sweats, and I said this is destiny. Felt right. <laughs> <laughs> my uh, my other pick, and I I'm not surprised that because it, it's not a popular one, but mm-hmm. I I absolutely love Tony Bennett. It's incredible what he does every year. Yeah. Is actually that is the one game amazing. I got to see in person this year, and it is their defense. Um, and honestly, I mean, and I don't know, I didn't watch it enough to know, but when you, it's not all of these lights out defenders and he makes the team defense. No, it, it's incredible. They never make mistakes. It's they're, they're surgical. Yeah. They're machines. And he, and it's every year, it's every year. They, yeah. they borderline yeah. dominate the ACC and you're like, yeah. wait a minute, you know, even this year, right. They started, I think they were ranked like, maybe eighth or ninth and they, they fell off and then they just went on this huge streak and they almost, they almost won yeah. uh, yep. the ACC outright again with a very mediocre team. So 
but with yeah, with all these with all these scores we have, I, I felt like that <laughs> maybe leave him off. So apologies, apologies to Tony Bennett. He's he's probably my favorite. Coach, Something but, else. Yeah. So what we're gonna do is I'm gonna put um we'll put these teams together and we'll Love do it. like a Twitter poll. Yes. And we'll let, let we'll the loyal let the people decide. decide. Yeah, and you know what? It's, we did pretty well the first week. We we racked in some uh, some more than Brian a lot Collette. more listeners than I thought. I also I said more than just Brian Collette. <laughs> <What's that? laughs> yeah, yeah. More, we had Excellent. more than I thought. I was pleasantly surprised. And the we're gonna quality keep, of the work speaks for itself. Build it, and they will come. Yeah, yeah. It's it's fun, and, um, and like I said, we're gonna. You know, I I also got some chirps that, you know the. The first episode, I know there was like this background music. I totally screwed that up. That's on me. I couldn't get it off. This Love one it. will be a zillion times yep. better. I perfected the edit, so we're gonna get this thing chopped up and and uh, and running beautifully. So I think you know, for me, this is this is a good been a good hour. I want to stop it there because the yeah, next thing right. we launch into, we'd go for another hour. So. We'll pause here. We'll put this up on the Twitter poll. We'll see, first of all, how many people vote, and then we'll, we'll champion. It. We'll get a champion for our next uh, our next cast, and we'll get into some other stuff. And I think we'll have a, a pretty special guest and somebody that that knows Huggy Bear pretty <laughs> Shout well. Shout out to him too. Fun. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and I'm sure he yeah. he'll absolutely love that pick. But the the goal is to get our next guest to have him share some stories about Huggy Bear when uh, when he was not originally recruited right. by him. Of my beeline and ended up with hugging. That's right. So, two very different people. All right, fellas, appreciate the time and we That's will good, be, man. Back be well. See you. See you guys. All right.